Hello and welcome to this Disappointing Sex Podcast. Um, and today I'm, I have no idea what episode we're on now. I think it's like episode seven or eight. Um, and I'm very lucky and very happy to be joined by the one and only Corey Crowley today. And we've tried to Hello. this episode before and it didn't happen and it didn't work and someone's life imploded. Um, so we're doing it today <laughs> instead. So, hello. Do you want to give, give the peeps a bit of an introduction to yourself, who you are and where you came from? Well, my name's Corey. I am 28. I'm from Ireland. Um, Cork, to be specific, which nobody has heard of, but anyway. Um, and I am an online coach, and I met you when we worked together for a little bit. <laughs> um, the tail end of last year. And we've That's just been best friends since, basically. I feel like you're best friends with everybody that you meet, though. <laughs> I do kind of have that effect on people. I think, I don't know what it is, people just tend to, like, open up to me. Because I remember, like, one of the first Saturdays we worked Saturday together. Saturday shift. I remember the Saturday shift. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> we like... Did next to no work and just sat and chatted for the entire, entire day. We, <laughs> we flicked around spread different spreadsheets, because neither of us really had any jobs to do either. Yeah, no, it was a pretty chill day. I think I had to, like, arrange address labels or something ridiculous, and that was about as far as my day went. Um, but, yeah, people just kind of tend to open up to me, which I find quite quite flattering and a little bit overwhelming sometimes because I'm like wow <laughs> like it can be a bit. yeah exactly but I feel like it's just it's just the best way to be isn't it yeah like an open book yeah um and it probably helps you being a coach as well though if you are the kind of person that people do want to talk to and do want to open up to yeah 100% like I guess all of the experience and stuff, experiences and stuff that I've had like have led me to be more like empathetic and relatable and stuff which helps me massively in my job so it's mm. great and I wouldn't change it for the world. I was super dubious of you when you, we first met like I'm not gonna lie I was, really? I was really like like she's she's too happy I was like no this, I was in a really shit place when we met so I was like nobody is this happy and nobody is content with life and yeah. I don't like it and it's not right and then I was like oh wait you actually can be happy about life hmm yeah what, what's Corey doing and how do I do it <laughs> and I feel like I was in a pretty messed up place as well when I like when I met you but on the outside it probably looked like I had it all together but I was just every day trying to make the best of a fairly shitty situation so yeah I think everyone goes through that at some point though when like they're hiding what's actually going on from the outside world and everyone's like oh no they're doing great and it's like <laughs> <laughs> on the inside you're dying <laughs> yeah so fine um, I usually get it now to some extent it's like oh my god you're killing it and I'm like I'm keeping myself busy with projects because otherwise I'll implode <laughs> exactly and that's so necessary like you just have to feel like you have a purpose mm-hmm. and like that could be something so trivial like to like other people but like even just getting up and making your bed every morning I'm like yeah that makes me feel like I have something to do today and like just taking yeah. care of yourself on a daily basis as well. It's the reason I love having dogs because like mm. they depend on you so it gives you a massive feeling of purpose. Yeah it's like That's... that Richard Gervais show have you seen Afterlife on Yes Netflix? oh yeah. it's so good I yeah. cried so hard at that. Oh and like it's such dry humour but it's so relevant it's mm-hmm. just like says it as it is and it's like that dog was the only thing that kept him from killing himself which is just crazy. Yeah, to be honest, I don't want to. This is going to sound super dramatic. Like, it's like you and Catherine and Louis were probably the people that kept me going for quite a mm. long time, and obviously James. But yeah. like, you just need those people that will bring you up, that will keep exactly. you on a level. 
Exactly. And I think that, like, especially when you're going through something so shit, like, you just need to have those people that you can rely on all the time. That yeah. no matter what they're going through, they'll still be able to hold space for you mm-hmm. and just be there and listen actively and not just listen to respond and be like, oh, yeah, that's that's fine. That's happening to you. But this is so much worse. It's happening to me. And it's like, yeah, that's not helpful. Like, you don't need those friends. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even need a response from people, I don't think. I think you just need a, like a well, if you need to vent about it more, I'm here. Because I feel like people will vent to me and I'll be like, oh, I don't know the answer. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, and like sometimes, like you have to be super careful that you don't advise people to do the wrong thing either. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to project what you do in that situation. Like it's it's kind of like coaching people. Like you have to coach them to reach their own conclusions. Yeah, so if you someone came to you and was like, this happened and this happened and then my dog died and like I'm a mess and you didn't really know what the answer was, what would you respond to them? I guess I'd just try and encourage them to reflect on it themselves. Like, I think that's a huge thing that, like, once you kind of take yourself out of something and then sit down and, like, just brain dump. It doesn't even have to be into a journal, like, just on a piece of paper or just get it out of your head, Mm -hmm. essentially, and then see it for what it is, and then you can work towards, like, moving forward. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like you don't always have to have the answer. So you can just hold space for somebody, be like, I I understand, like I well, you don't you might not always understand, but like I hear you, I see you, I feel for you. Yeah. And I think like you said, sometimes that's all people need. I think sometimes as well, being saying to people, like just being super honest and going, I don't know what the right answer is and I'm I this has taken me, hit me for six and I don't know how to respond to it. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine like how much it hurts. Or maybe yeah. I can't imagine how much it hurts but I like I know it does yeah I'm here if you need yeah exactly people feel the need yeah to to come up with an answer it's like no they're just bending at you like Mm. saying it out loud as well um because I journals and I'd written about so much stuff and then people will learn more about my epic four-hour therapy session that happened reasonably recently and Mm -hmm hopefully in due course and saying it out loud as well was so therapeutic and it just made it all seem so much more manageable mm-hmm. and telling other people just makes it yeah. easier yeah because um, once you say it out loud it doesn't have much power over you anymore because yeah. it's, it's out there and it's like oh it's actually not that bad now yeah and mm-hmm. while the things that you say might be horrifically bad it's like there's it's not affecting you right now which mm-hmm. is how I kind of looked at it and yeah and um, I'm gonna launch in with some thoughts that I wrote down um, <laughs> so kind of building on that I wrote down allowing yourself space to step back and re-evaluate evaluate mm-hmm. um have you done this what's your experience with like if if you're in a horrible situation how do you give yourself that space that you need because sometimes when you're in it you can't you can't see it and I feel like you spoke about this on Ollie's podcast. Like sometimes when you're in it, you can't see what's happening. Yeah. How, like where do you get that space from? I um, well, it happened firstly when I had my little breakdown back in 2018, mm. um, when I was working a job that like there was nothing that I could put my finger on in terms of like it being a really terrible thing, but I just knew that it wasn't suiting me. Yeah. Um. So it got to the point where one of the lads came into the office and I burst into tears and I couldn't explain why and he was just like oh my god like hormonal women like can't deal and um I realized that it was a little bit more than hormones and I just needed to remove myself entirely from that situation so I actually got signed off work for two weeks on stress leave oh wow 
yeah so I had to sit with myself for two weeks and figure out what the hell I was going to do because yeah. it got to the point where I couldn't continue like I couldn't ignore the fact that there was something wrong any longer um so for me I have to literally retreat entirely like and and basically put on headphones and blinkers and just like listen to me um which is hard it's really yeah. really hard to quieten down the noise from everyone else and like ignore everyone else's opinions and like oh, what they think you should do and oh <laughs> it's a nightmare because everybody has one and they're all yeah. so different yeah um, and there'll be people that don't have your best intentions at heart as well offering their advice mm-hmm. and those they'll get intermingled with all the like the good advice and you sometimes can't separate it out exactly like you can't see the word for the trees and it's like you just need to completely retreat and just be with yourself for a while and I feel like that's what Vietnam did for you as well wasn't it yeah there was, yeah. There was I feel like there was two points so the first one was I don't think I've told anybody this um I spent a week in hospital with a kidney infection and it was just before you guys started mm-hmm. and I had like it basically gave me a week off work maybe even like I think I had a week in hospital and then a week at home then went back to work and started doing half days because I was still in pieces from it Mm-hmm. Um, and they came to move me one night um, and I feel like it was like 2am and they came to move me wards because hospitals just work on this weird 24 hour kind of system and wow. um, so they came to move me into a different ward and the nurse wouldn't let them take me because I had a temperature of like 38 or th- no, I had 39 degrees temperature wow. I was like sweating and shaking and like I was in so much pain and I was crying and she was like oh no like I know it hurts and that. I was just like no I think I need to quit my job at like 2am and this poor nurse did not know what to do with this oh so, no yeah um so there was that and then yeah Vietnam as well it was just two weeks away from it all and the, no internet like or very limited internet couldn't really talk to anybody apart from James mm-hmm. and yeah that was amazing but yeah. I, I massively advocate that people take holidays when 100%. Like, and I change, it takes changing your environment as well, because if mm-hmm. you're stuck in the same motion, doing the same things, it's like nothing's going to change. And another thing is you cannot feel in a place that made you sick. So you can't. That, that is huge. No matter how much you try. Mm-hmm. Because, do you know, sorry, Karen. No, 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 go on. Because <laughs> do you want to know another fun story about like bursting into tears and being told I was a hormonal woman? Absolutely. I burst into tears at a certain job and got told to come off my birth control because it's making me emotional. What? <laughs> yeah. That's mental. Yeah. Oh, I can't. It's just like people will never accept responsibility for things and it's like, oh no, it's yeah. this. This is what's wrong. Yeah. You are a hormonal, emotional woman. Yeah. It's your biology. Just accept it. You're a psychopath. But if you start calling everyone a psychopath, you might need to reevaluate who is actually a psychopath. But that's a completely <laughs> different issue that we're not going into. <laughs> Because you went, you went to Spain recently, didn't you? I did, and it was amazing. Was, so nice. was that one of those, like, I need to step back and change my environment type things? Yeah, because there was a lot of stuff going on at home, and I just felt like with the whole lockdown thing, and, like, you literally don't see anyone. So I was like, do you know what? If I'm going to be totally solitary here, I might as well be totally solitary in a hot country. So yeah. my, I'm really grateful and really blessed and really lucky that my parents have an apartment in Spain. So oh, I just checked off so there. Cool. Yeah, I just fucked off for like two and a half weeks and I yeah. was working away online. So like, it's not like I had to sacrifice my income or anything because of it. So I just took that headspace because I feel like it's just, for me, being in a warm country is like everything. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean by it? it removes that kind of stressor of being cold? Mm-hmm. 
because you don't have to think about like shivering and being cold and being uncomfortable it just makes you so much more comfortable I'm such a summer baby oh like it's insane I just felt like I was in a completely different headspace waking up every morning and seeing the sunshine so that was just like another little retreat for myself yeah why not do it and it well you can like you can with your business being online Mm -hmm. you can just do it that's awesome and so the next thing I had written down was trusting yourself to make the right decision how do you know when you're doing it right this is a big one I think (laughs) Oh, <laughs> I don't think I've quite worked this one out yet, but it's taken a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Um, How do you know when something is right for you or not right for you? I think you know by the way you feel. Yeah. And I think paying attention to like your body and like just, do you know when you get that feeling in your stomach, those little butterflies and you're like, yeah. oh, this is so exciting. Like if you're kind of excited, nervous, scared, it's like it's a combination of the three I just feel like that's when I know I'm doing the right thing or that it's the thing that I need to be doing in order to further my development and I think that's an important thing to notice is like scared is not a bad emotion and nervous is not a bad emotion no it can be obviously (laughs) but it's not always I think it's just getting rid of that like fixed mindset around certain emotions and feelings just because it might be one way like it doesn't mean it's always that and doing hard things is scary. And if you want to do, like, the things that you might want to do might be difficult. And that's going to be terrifying. But mm-hmm. you can be excited about something while being scared. And you just sort of have to work out which the most prevalent emotion is, I think. Exactly. And, like, being, like, feel the fear and do it anyway. And, like, life begins outside of your comfort zone. All those kind of things, they are true. Um, but I think, it, like, people always overestimate how much they need to be doing. Like, mm-hmm. they'll they'll like set a really unrealistic expectation on themselves and then it just becomes way too hard so they just don't do anything and I think that's one thing that you just need to be is you need to be realistic. Do you think that you can set like borderline unrealistic expectations as long as you have realistic intermediate points to get you to that unrealistic expectation? Yes 100%. Good because I do too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah 100% like you can have like this massive end goal but there's going to be little micro goals in between mm-hmm. because in order to keep your momentum going and keep your self-belief up and like your self-esteem you need to be achieving something yeah that's measurable to keep going yeah that no, I, I completely get that it's mm-hmm. like like my goals of running ultra marathons and stuff you can't go out and run 100 kilometers you have to run like 10 and then 20 and then 30 and then 40 and then 50 yeah and it take, takes time to build up to those things. Have you set any of those like slightly unrealistic and really terrifying goals? I have been kind of stagnant for a while in terms of goal setting, but I was actually speaking to Catherine about this a couple of days ago and we were like, we need to sit down and like set proper goals again yeah. because last year I had all these goals and like looking back at my journals and stuff from last year, I achieved them all. So I was like, woo, go me. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Like I feel like, by having those I was constantly maintaining my focus mm-hmm. and I had a why which was very important yeah um but now since I think with this whole lockdown thing as well everything's been kind of put on hold a little bit and people's goals have changed so much because mm. they yeah. sort of have to because we can't do some of the things that we want to do so exactly like I mean I'm sure you had marathons planned for this year which I have all been yeah <laughs> knowing you all of them have <laughs> everything got cancelled <laughs> Exactly. So I feel like everybody's just been kind of everyone's life's been put on hold this year, but it's fine. Hopefully we will get back eventually. 
But I feel like you still achieved loads this year. Um, I guess maybe not the things you expected. Yeah, I feel like in terms of like personal development and like growth, I have achieved quite a lot, and I will. I probably need to sit down and like revisit journals and stuff to actually see how far I've come. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that's the thing when you when you get to like when this becomes your new normal, you very rarely sit like sit down and look back on what you've achieved. Mm-hmm. Like you just as it is, and you never really recognise how far you've come. So that should be a little a little thing I do a little more often. I think it's one. It's almost like you know when people take progress photos of their just segueing it back to nutrition in a, like the only thing that I know how to relate to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at your body in the mirror every day, you don't see those tiny changes, but you see them over time, and you see. Like if you take a picture at the beginning and then a picture six months later, you can see the change, yeah. but you can't necessarily okay. see it happening. So you sort of just realise that this is your this is your body and you don't see it progressing or getting better or moving the direction you want it to. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, yeah, that that's just a massive thing is just reflection, isn't it? Just to see exactly mm-hmm. where you've come. Yeah. Do you ever sit down and assess like your core values? I did at the start of this year because yeah. I felt when I was moving home, um I needed to know why exactly I was doing what I was doing mm-hmm. um and it was because I felt like I didn't well, freedom is one of my top values mm-hmm. um pretty much everything and I felt like when I was living in the UK and when I was working in the job I was working I had little to no freedom so ultimately when your your ultimate like top priority values aren't being met then that's going to lead to you being a pretty unhappy person so that was one of the main driving factors for me moving home. So yeah, I have visited them quite recently. Yeah. What else is high on your core values list? Um, freedom, family, yeah. and the third one, I have forgotten because it changed very recently. I think honesty is a super super important one. Like, just to to know that the people in your life are going to be a hundred and ten percent honest with you at all times because trust was a massive thing for me like in the past um my trust was broken and just going forward I was like I need to know that the people that are in my life are going to be 100% honest so that's my third value basically I think that's so huge Mm -hmm. can you tell us like how trust got broken um (laughs) or in like roundabout terms yeah basically I was in a relationship um we ended up engaged blah 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 and he um was cheating on me the entire time um so and it wasn't like it was more kind of on an emotional level which hurt probably more mm-hmm. um so I think yeah like cheating is twofold like there's physical like drunken one or whatever all that silly stuff and then there's like emotional level cheating which I feel like is way worse yeah um chronic yeah and like when you're depending on somebody else on an emotional level when you're in a committed relationship I think it's probably one of the most damaging things that you can do to your partner yeah 100%. Like, especially when you've told that person that you, they're the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with exactly like it was just nuts so basically um he betrayed my trust and anything that I told him in confidence was like used against me at a later point and it was just there was a lot of gaslighting and there was a lot of like mm, I'm going to say he was just a complete narcissist really yeah um and I was never going to be enough for him and that made me turn into a shell of a person because the the funny thing is as well is like he spent six years trying to get with me and then it was like 
it's it was, I was it was just so confused because I was like, why would you waste this much time? He just, just yeeted that all away as yeah, soon as he had it all. Exactly, weird, isn't it? So bizarre, but it was all like the the excitement was in the chase and stuff. Now then, I think once he like had a ring on my finger, he was like, oh, it's done now. Like I don't have to try anymore. Mm. And then the mask came too much, became too much for him to maintain like the persona that he was pretending to be. It just became too much for him. He ultimately like let his guard down and his true colors came to sur- to the surface. Oh um, yeah, so that's why I have trust issues, basically. <laughs> In a nutshell. Um, and I convinced myself of all these things. And after that, I was like, oh, I can't choose the right person. Like I have this three-year curse because like everything just goes to shite after three years. And like all of these silly things that I tried to like, convince myself that were a thing just so I could feel better about it yeah did you um did did you like blame yourself for things that he'd done to you like did you were you like I, I'm definitely the problem in this 100% yeah like and you're made feel like that as well mm-hmm. like I, it's mad isn't it yeah it's it's horrible <laughs> because like deep down and you'll tell other people this you'll be like it wasn't your fault Mm -hmm. but you'll be like but that was definitely my fault yeah (laughs) or or, like yours is different mine is different yeah I think we're all like way too hard on ourselves though yeah and like it's taken a lot of like sitting with myself and looking back on the relationship and like I will 100% hold my hands up and say I probably wasn't the easiest person to deal with at that time because I was so miserable but ultimately it's because I wasn't like satisfied by the relationship I wasn't getting what I needed from it mm. um so Do you, think you felt an element of guilt for that as well like you felt like you should be happier in that relationship because he loved you yeah yeah oh and that should like, be enough exactly and like you're told then that you know every relationship has problems and like I'm doing my best and like when they up and then it's like it's played down mm. So you think it's less than what it is. And it was just, it was a weird, weird time in my life. But the funny thing is, is like, if you put me now in that situation, I'd be like, please. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it, it, it came down to the mindset that I was in at that time. Like I was literally like a piece of Play-Doh in his hands and I would have turned into anything he wanted me to be. So yeah, trying to please people. Yeah. <laughs> forget about it do you think do you think you are scared of disappointing people or are you less scared now than you used to be I'm less scared now but before that would have been one of my top things like if if everyone else was happy I would have been fine yeah and that came from like my mom I guess because she would have always been like I'll put myself on the back burner as long as you all are okay like that's all that matters and I just think if you prioritize you, like your your relationships are going to improve. You're going to be a happier person. Like everything gets better. Yeah. What do you do? I guess you're not in a relationship at the moment, but what do you do to prioritize yourself now? Um, I just make sure that like I get the things I need. So like adequate sleep, good nutrition, mm-hmm. exercise, um, time by myself. Because I guess I'm not really a people pleaser, but I'm still like, like I love people and I love helping people. You like, like making people happy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I know now to prioritise me and make sure that my cup is full first. And, like, if I feel that my energy levels are low or that, like, I can't even get myself out of bed because I have neglected my self-care, like, I'll have the confidence to be like, look, I really don't feel it. Like, I can't make 
dinner or I can't go for that walk or whatever like I'll have the confidence to be like look I'm sorry I'm just not feeling it whereas before I would have just pushed through and been like oh it's fine you've told them you're going to do x y and z so you have to do it and you get to this point where you just implode because you're not doing anything to take care of you exactly and it's exhausting excuse me and I feel like I used to resent people for like taking advantage before yeah but I was allowing it yeah so that was a huge learning thing for me as well I was like you're going to accept like what like you set the standard for what you're going to tolerate yeah so See, that that interests me a lot because it's, it's kind of like a boundary setting thing mm-hmm. um how do you like so this is something I thought about a lot and I kind of then feel really guilty and kind of really ashamed for the fact of like but I let it happen so <laughs> that brings me right back down round to and that makes me a bad person how do you deal with that kind of feels of like I let that happen to me yeah I I just kind of think that like I did the best with what I knew at the time mm. and like I think everybody's just operating on that like pretense that like you will always try and do your best it may not always be like the best solution per- like permanent solution but like you are using the tools that you have at that time so mm. yeah it might have been a like fairly silly thing to do or it might have been stupid or you might have upset someone but you were doing your best and I think you just have to cut yourself some slack because we're all just trying to get through this weird and wonderful game called life at the end of the day so (laughs) I've definitely seen a quote somewhere that's like don't beat yourself up for the things that you did when you were trying to just survive exactly yeah and I think that's what people tend to forget as well that we're all just trying to get by Mm. like those survive and those survival coping mechanisms can turn unhealthy but at the time that was what you needed Mm -hmm. like it got you through I think again relating back to nutrition because that's all I know (laughs) I see that a lot with binge eating and people turn to binge eating because they're restricting their energy intake or like they're so sad Mm -hmm. and then that sort of it keeps them going just about yeah and then once they're like quote-unquote recovered they carry on with those binge binge behaviors and then they're like oh no these are bad now and it's like no at one point they were that was what you needed and yeah you adapted to that because you needed it and now you don't need it so we can work out how to give you something more constructive but exactly and I actually I suffered with I don't I'm not going to call it binge eating because it wasn't that bad but when I was in the UK because I was super lonely mm. I ate so much shite that I wouldn't have even considered eating like it, it was all like cakes and cookies and biscuits and chocolate and like all of those foods that just make you feel feel good yeah at the moment like at the time but afterwards you're like yeah exactly and I suffered with that big time and I even saw a little bit of it happening when I was in Spain as well yeah when I was there for like the two and a half weeks or whatever because I wasn't getting social interaction Mm -hmm. so then I was trying to fill that void with cake (laughs) weird isn't it how Mm. yeah you just you automatically just kind of revert back to those behaviors do you Mm. now catch yourself doing it now and you're like ah no, yeah I, I know what we're doing we yeah. don't need this that's why I came home from Spain when I did because like it was an open-ended holiday but I just I was so isolated I needed to come home and see people mm-hmm. I obviously couldn't see people for two weeks because I had to do that stupid isolation again but you were like geographically closer to people like to exactly yeah if it came to it and I was going to eat the entire world I could have seen my mom through a window <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I, it's weird how stress does different things to different people do you find that 
stress affects your body weight like how does it affect body weight and things like that or just like physical manifestations of stress oh my skin big time jesus almighty i remember your skin when you were in the uk wasn't it so bad like it was just so angry yeah it's so sore so angry and like i think when it comes to stress i'm not a stress eater if anything i'll just not eat Mm-hmm. anything that's good for me and then I'll just eat shite like I'll just completely neglect everything when I'm stressed yeah. luckily I don't get stressed very often but yeah. yeah it's my skin is the first thing always it'll just like completely break out and I'm like all oh, right okay this is happening again we need to slow down <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I see now. yeah I think the more and I don't think people realize that you have to practice those kind of things like you have to practice noticing it you won't just suddenly wake up and be able exactly to, to deal with it you have to you're probably gonna have to do it a few more times before you go oh okay now mm-hmm. I get it yeah you start to notice the patterns in your behavior or like even your body language you'll notice your shoulders are like more tense and stuff and like it takes a lot of self-awareness I think to identify those things because you regularly put on your insta story that thing of like breathe release your shoulders and I'll be sat there like oh, I do not <laughs> I'm so smushed up and I'm like, and I'm to my shoulders <laughs> yeah and like unclenching your jaw because that's yeah. a- I was like and it's like let it, let it go <laughs> oh that's me all the time and I'll see that and that's a really helpful reminder yay <laughs> all Mission the time accomplished. so if you ever find yourself getting stressed just watch Corey's stories and so much goodness <laughs> in them. I try I try <laughs> so jumping back to the trust thing how do you rebuild trust after it's been broken like how do you rebuild trust in yourself how do you rebuild trust in other people maybe start with like rebuilding trust in yourself um when it came to rebuilding trust in myself I just started to make little decisions that didn't have much of a consequence and then like knowing that I was doing the right thing for me yeah because um when I'd made I convinced myself that I couldn't like like even with college, like I, I studied arts for a year, hated it, dropped out, went to Australia. So then I like had convinced myself, <laughs> went to find myself. Um, I convinced myself like that I hated studying and I didn't like doing all these things, but like, it's just kind of challenging your beliefs and yeah. like picking, picking apart those things that you've told yourself. So I think that has been a massive thing in reestablishing trust in myself. Yeah, like finding, th- you probably were just studying the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Like you don't hate studying, you hated studying arts. Yeah, exactly, which was awful. And like I had to pick four subjects. Two mm. of the four I didn't get because the classes were full. Uh, so like I was spending half of my time in at uni doing subjects that I didn't even want to do in the first place. So I was just like, stop this. <laughs> I'm going to Australia. I love that that's where every, like I feel like our generation, that's where our <laughs> mind goes. It's like, am I going to go to Australia, Canada or Japan? which one <laughs> yeah. I'll get Australia yes warmer yeah and we never consider going to Europe which is a little bit closer to home but no, it's no like, we have to get as far away as possible exactly to run away from ourselves and ultimately we're always there which is <laughs> and James could always tell whenever I was having like a massive meltdown because I'd send him like screenshots of Skyscanner like this is how much flights to Canada oh, no way. Right, right now <laughs> I can afford these do you want to come to Canada and he's like I can't really go to Canada I was like I'm going to Canada (laughs) okay hon bye (laughs) oh god and then so giving yourself to summarize giving yourself like 
wins like just allowing yourself to win things and allowing yeah. yourself to make those decisions and be okay with the decisions that you make exactly. I found this and um, because you haven't been in a relationship if, since you broke your engagement off have you no I've like I'm seeing someone at the minute <laughs> which we can talk about off camera um yes, but um, let's just stop now and we can talk about <laughs> episode over <laughs> um but yeah no I haven't been in, like a committed formal Facebook official relationship yeah. yeah and it's been the best time of my life because it just I haven't been answerable to anybody and I think because the relationships I, I were I, I before were so controlling mm-hmm. I just needed that time by myself and I, I didn't know who I was outside of a relationship either I, I was yeah. always Corey girlfriend slash fiance or whatever of somebody so like when someone was like who are you I was like I'm so-and-so's girlfriend and they'd be like no but who are you I'd be like I don't know. <laughs> I just told you. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Part of that didn't you understand? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to write it down? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do worry I do sometimes because I ended my like three and a half, nearly four year relationship on very mm-hmm. bad terms with my ex. Um, mm-hmm. um, that was a shit show that we'll get into at a later date. <laughs> and I met James the same year. So I feel like I didn't have that long. Mm. of being single I maybe had like six months or so of being single before I met James and I met James like almost by accident we met on a dating app (laughs) oh no way it was it was was hinge and I said my I accidentally set my radius to 100 miles by accident (laughs) because I didn't I didn't realize I had it set that wide um (laughs) and yeah James popped up and I was like oh yes pilot like (laughs) like that one (laughs) I want yeah. that one please um yeah. and yeah so I feel like I do sometimes worry that I haven't had that time of being single to kind of work on myself mm. um but I suppose we spend a lot of time apart so I'm really comfortable with being on my own yeah and I feel like James is a really solid person as well like he's good he, he's been such an integral support system for you and I think that like it's fine to like there's no predetermined length of time that you should spend by yourself like it's yeah. it's entirely subjective and like James has just been amazing for you so yeah I think I've said to him before I was like I was definitely not ready for a relationship Mm. but I don't think you're ever ready no for anything literally anything never and I've had this conversation with Siobhan as well actually and we were saying like oh like we value our freedom so much and like could I sacrifice that for someone else Mm -hmm. and then like she was saying that she's so happy like she wouldn't change anything in her life but she often wonders is she missing out on that extra level of happiness by being with somebody mm-hmm. so it's like it's a hard one to call and then I, I was speaking to Lisa McFarland you know the relationship coach. oh yeah the relationship yeah. coach yes um and she was saying that like she doesn't feel like she's never felt more free than when she's with Nigel like her mm-hmm. husband so like I guess it just depends like if you're with the right person for the right reasons as well exactly and like it's just this really beautiful relationship where you're both like nurturing and caring and supportive of each other Mm. then like I don't think you should spend any time on your own if you found that like then happy days crack on yeah go for it because that's what everybody needs like at the end of the day everybody needs somebody Mm. you know this is something that James says all the time like because I freak out about big things like so we've talked about moving in together we're hopefully going to move in together soon and I was just like and he came up and lived me and him lived in the granny flat in my parents garden over lockdown for like 
six seven weeks and it was amazing um, yeah. but before that I was really freaking out so I was like what if we hate each other afterwards what if we don't get on and he was just like well then we'll break up and I was like no but we can't break up and I was like we're gonna have to live he's like we're gonna have to live together at some point and I was like ah and he's like well we'll just break up if it doesn't work and I was like no we can't and he's like, oh, what do you want and I don't know but he's like the logical one in the yeah. relationship and he's super like if it doesn't like it like we either spend the rest of our lives together or we're gonna break up mm, and yeah it's quite a logical way to look at it it's like, okay. yeah it's gonna go one of two ways mm-hmm. at the end of the day and like if say like you spend 10 years with someone and then you move in together in your 11th year and you, you realize you're just not compatible yeah it's That's probably it. a really bad use of the past 10 years of relationship exactly and like no regrets and all of that but still you could have spent that time with someone else and you yeah. could be somewhere like further lo- along the line in terms of a relationship with someone else so yeah I don't know everything's yeah. a lesson but yeah I think James is right <laughs> he's good um, <laughs> so how how do you re- re- in um, I've lost the words <laughs> how do you regain trust in in people because at the end of the day like you, you are in control of the decisions that you make but you're mm-hmm. not in control of the decisions that other people make so how do you regain trust in in other people I think it's acknowledging that first of all that like you are totally responsible for you and your actions and your behaviors mm-hmm. and you can only like you can't control people and I think yeah. once you accept that that's fine like people will like we're intrinsically selfish beings yeah. like we will always do what suits us best and like there are a rare few people who will have the capacity to like hold your values as high as their own but I think it's just like knowing that you have everything in yourself mm-hmm. and knowing that like you don't need somebody else's validation in order to feel good about yourself I think that then will encourage you to trust people like to meet you halfway if nothing else like if you're not always expecting everything from someone you're not yeah. going to be disappointed so kind yeah. of like have low expectations like don't <laughs> healthy <laughs> skepticism yes and like don't don't set yourself up to fail <laughs> yeah. I think you know? there's a really fine balance of like trusting people like giving people the benefit of the doubt like trusting yeah. people whilst also being healthily skeptical of yeah. what they'll do not yeah. expecting them to disappoint you but expecting that there's going to be things that don't align with you maybe exactly and it's learning how to navigate those things isn't it yeah and recognize them as well Mm -hmm. what are your like red flags or non-negotiables in terms of like in relationships let's go with relationships okay um if I like I think I'm really good at detecting now if somebody's being like authentic Mm -hmm. um and I feel like if somebody won't allow me space to breathe (laughs) I'm like ugh like all like straight away I'm like no 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 this isn't gonna work like I think if I ever do commit to another person like fully again they'll need to understand that like if I ask for space which I had done in previous relationships and it was met with why which didn't sit very well with What's me, wrong with me exactly um and made me run 10,000 miles the opposite direction um if somebody can't honor that like I need space to process things and that I am my own person and like if I want to go out with the girls we'll say for lunch and not bring them that like they need to accept that that's okay yeah you know what I mean um so yeah it's just 
it's it's hard really to like pinpoint what my red flags would be but that's one massive thing like if if I ask for space and someone's like why or no or something like panicky I'm like no you can't do it yeah I think that's a huge one Mm. even just like the space to do the self-care things that you know that you need to do like train that's a big one for James and I is that sometimes he'll be like do you mind and he'll be a bit sheepish and I'll be like do you mind if I come up like an hour later because I kind of want to go for a bike ride first and I'll be like that's absolutely fine and he's like oh (laughs) sorry wait I'll be dramatic no you can't I'll be so upset yeah why are you going without me but it's like you know on Instagram when you see the couples who train together stay together it's Mm -hmm. like shut up yeah like that's not a thing yeah like just because you don't gym together doesn't mean your relationship is any more or less than someone else's. We train together <laughs> to a point because he's yeah. like a 30-year-old male and I can't keep up with that a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not realistic. We can do my hard sessions, but like I can't do his difficult sessions. Yeah, and like that's fine. I just think you just need to be allowed to be your own person in a relationship and like to be able to come together then and share your happiness with somebody like I think you need to be happy in yourself first that's one major component of a of a relationship yeah and just not try and please other people yes exactly and just know your wants know your likes know what your values are and then you can like come together with somebody and then build something incredible and that's not to say that's the only way but in my like if ever I was to settle down again, that's what I'd want. I'd want somebody to be totally good in themselves and know who they are as a person. Yeah. And then we can just be happy together and do fun things. And just have their own goals and stuff like that and their yeah. own things that they want to work for. I think that's cool. Like two yeah. people that might be, they might want different things, but like mm-hmm. not, they don't have different, completely different values. Exactly. And I think that like in my last relationships, I would have just gone with the flow and just mm-hmm. like, did all the things that they wanted to do and and now I'd have the confidence to be like do you know what no I actually don't really want to do that like you crack on yeah I'm gonna do this and I'll see you later and I think that's just a really healthy thing and it comes down to boundaries again doesn't it do you find that having been in kind of narcissistic situations mm-hmm. that you found it difficult to to make those small decisions because you're like oh but what if someone judges me for that and it's like it's literally an irrelevant decision that no it doesn't impact <coughs> anyone else like what flavor ice cream you're gonna get <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it does like and I think that comes down to like the the gaslighting that goes on in in those mm-hmm. kind of situations because you just completely have no faith in yourself at the end of it because yeah all of the things that you would have worried about or that would have upset you you're told that that didn't happen like yeah are you okay like it's it's an awful awful thing to have experienced but I'm really glad that I did in a weird way because it's led me to where I am yeah or you get like the you make a decision that you don't think is that that like massive mm-hmm. and someone treats it like a really massive thing and they're like oh, I can't believe you do that and it's like I literally just said I wanted strawberry instead of chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I didn't realize there was going to be a repercussion like I'm so sorry I didn't like, know I you even, were judging me for this yeah I even remember like wanting to go to the gym when I was with that person and like if I came back from the gym was well, a 15 minutes later than I said I would have been like that I would have been home it was mm-hmm. like how dare you who are you with what were you doing I was oh like dude I'm trying to better myself to, like to benefit you as well like hello <laughs> look at this body exactly and it was just like there was always that fear I guess and it came down to his insecurity that like I was just going to leave which inevitably I did but mm. that's not the point <laughs> yeah 
Do you think it makes it difficult to be vulnerable with other people? Oh yes, so hard. Like like I said in that podcast I did with Ali, like my wall is like massive. <laughs> you have to be able to jump very high. Yeah, exactly. And I think that I it's and it's not even because like I'm afraid of being hurt anymore. It's just like having to build yourself up every single time is bloody exhausting. exhausting. <laughs> yeah. It gets hard and there's only so many times you can do it. So I think I'm just very selfish with my time and my energy now, which is a good thing. Yeah. Do you think you ever go through periods like now when you are vulnerable but not like vulnerable in the sense that you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable vulnerable in the sense that like you're in a vulnerable situation Mm. I don't know how to describe it any better than that yeah like I mean I think we're all a little bit vulnerable at the minute because like everything's up in a heap and like we're all just trying to do our best but like I think through social media I've been more voluntarily vulnerable yeah and like by owning my story and stuff and like speaking about the things that I would have been massively insecure about like my skin or like stretch marks or something ridiculous Mm -hmm. um I think that that's me trying to be vulnerable but in a very like controlled way so I don't know whether that's very I don't know whether you can really call that being vulnerable I think you can I think it's like being being more open with people about Mm. what like the things that you struggle with yeah and I think that like I'm gonna try and speak more about like mental health and stuff because I have been really fortunate in that like like my mental health as a whole has been incredible um but mainly because I've like kept up my self-care I've been very like self-aware I've done the things that make me feel good and I think like a lot of people don't realize that they have a lot more influence over it than they they yeah. yeah massively and like even doing really small things like staying hydrated eating good foods yeah. like they're so simple like in your day-to-day life that will have a massive massive like positive impact on your mental health so yeah can you identify those turning points in your life where it could have either gone to shit or gone really well yeah like that breakdown that I had was like ridiculous like I could have just gone straight into the old victim mindset that like life is shit and everything bad happens to me and like I'm never going to be able to do what I want to do but I was just like I just got tired of my own nonsense really (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean I was like yeah like this isn't working clearly like the these beliefs are not serving me at all so I just had to challenge everything yeah yeah and Um, even the things that you don't realize that you need to challenge you just mm -hmm. yeah exactly and like that's been invaluable but yeah it's just it's just a journey isn't it <laughs> yes it is. I think people expect themselves to be too perfect as well you'll never oh be. yeah life is this constant process of just adjusting and readjusting and going yeah. hmm, that didn't work cool let's try something different yeah exactly and you have to be realistic about what you can achieve in a day in a month in a year whatever like you just have to be like you have to work within your limits so mm-hmm. to speak and that's not to say that they're not going to change over time like the whole micro like goals along the way that will keep you going mm-hmm. um but like you just have to you have to maintain focus keep your why in mind mm-hmm. yeah like you need to know what you're doing and why you're doing it and if I think if that changes as well you have to have the courage to change your mind mm-hmm. yeah exactly does it scare you that one day you might go, hmm, 
well, working online coaching isn't really what I want anymore. And then you'll make a different decision. Does that, has that kind of occurred to you? And does that scare you? A little bit. Like I have had moments where I'm like, oh, like if this doesn't work, what am I going to do then? But like, if it, it happened in the past and I just weren't, like, I figured it out. You're still here. <laughs> yeah, I am. Like I've had some really random jobs. Like I've worked in real estate. I worked in a food production company. Like I've done a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And thankfully I can say that like I did pretty well in all of them so that I know that no matter what happens I'll always be okay like even when I became certified as a PT and like started coaching and stuff I was like if I have to work in a cafe supplement my income and do this for free like Mm -hmm. I'll do it because I just love working with people yeah so like even if the the coaching business does like fall by the wayside or whatever like I know I'll always be okay because I'll always just do what I need to do yeah I don't think people sometimes realize that I'm not a full-time in nutrition I work my parents part-time as well mm. and you just kind of have to you do what you have to do I made like no money for the first three months I was home yeah exactly you were just earning your keep <laughs> I was earning my keep like my parents weren't paying me because we were in like a freaking pandemic and <laughs> yeah. yeah and now yeah I'm just about making more than I was at my nutrition yeah. which is nice that's amazing but I think significantly that's... more than I was on my nutrition because there's wages but probably shouldn't say the word I was going to use um but no. um what I was what was I going to say oh my thoughts gone mm. this happens to me all the time nope but basically yeah you'll just always do what you need to do yeah like we're resilient you will survive no matter what yeah. happens and like, there's always support yeah there is you can always and go home is what I I know I realized you can always go home and like there's no shame in asking for help yeah like, oh god I don't know where I'd be if I hadn't gone home yeah exactly and I think that was a, a thing that like didn't sit well with me for a while though when I was deciding what I should do when I was in Loughborough and stuff but it just got to the point where like the pain of staying outweighed the fear of leaving or like what I, what people were going to say back home when I did come home because like as much as I'm like oh, I don't care what people think it's it like the narrative is still there like yeah. you have to check yourself but it, it still creeps up like your inner critic being like, oh, everyone's going to judge you. <laughs> I, I'm so glad you just said that because I think people think that like successful people don't have that and they yeah. do. Yeah. And it's just knowing when it's lying to you and when, when to listen to it and when not to listen to it. Exactly. Like knowing that you're not your thoughts, like you have mm-hmm. so many thoughts a day and like a handful of them are true. Yeah. That's like you, you don't have to act on every single thought just like you don't have to act on every single impulse I wish more people would understand that um, I know <laughs> so when it comes to like assigning the fucks that you give because you're quite like a give a fuck kind of person yeah like in a like a I don't care what other people think like obviously you do care what other people think but like mm-hmm. not about Corey things and yeah. so how do you give less of a fuck while still giving a fuck about what's important to you I know my intentions are good mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of quantify where my fucks go <laughs> yeah like if I put out something and it's like it's not well received or whatever like obviously you're not going to please everyone you're not yeah. you're not put on this planet to please everyone not everyone's going to agree with you but if you know that you're working from a place of like authenticity and that your message is a good one and you know that you're a good person at a core level, it kind of makes you a little bit unfuckwithable. 
yes, which is a great way to be. <laughs> it's a great way to be. And like Mark Manson said, like, what's your favorite flavor shit sandwich? Like, there's always going to be a negative. Yeah. So you just have to accept what one you're willing to put up with. Yes. Yeah. So, there are always, even when I made the decision to move home, I was like, this is not like the best decision that I could make, but it's mm -hmm. a decision. Exactly. It's something. It's moving forward. It's, it's making better. a change. Yeah, exactly. It's not always going to be the best, but as long as it's better, you're doing mm -hmm. well. Because <laughs> I think that happens to people as well. They get like paralysis by analysis and they're trying to find the optimal thing. It's like, mm -hmm. stop looking and just do the first thing that yeah. you think you can do, you can it's, achieve. Exactly. And it like, relating back to nutrition, like people will just automatically think they need to change their entire like life. All of their eating habits, they'll need to be eating organic freaking quinoa and all these things that they don't like just to progress towards their goal. And it's like, no, no, just do things like make little changes, mm. manageable changes. And like, just know that you're going to be getting better, like 1% better every day. Eat more vegetables. Yeah. Like eat, eat one more vegetable and then next week you can eat two more vegetables. And it's exactly. like, that's progress. Yeah. And if you're not sure which, which bit to start with, like, should you start by eating more vegetables or drinking more water or sleeping more? Just pick one exactly and like you get clients checking in and they're like I've had such a terrible week and it's like you're still here showing up for your check-in yeah which is amazing irregardless of the fact that you had an absolute disaster of a week you've still shown up which is incredible so like acknowledge that <laughs> definitely yeah um is there anything else that you want to like chat anything that's close to your heart that you want to chat about um I just think mental health is a huge thing yeah like, and it's it's like I think is it October's mental health awareness month I think it, it might September? be I don't Maybe know it's September one I know them. yeah I know it was recent but I just think that people need to know that if you're struggling or if you're suffering there is no shame in holding your hands up and being like I'm not doing good mm. like and and the people who care about you will come out of the woodwork and they will be there for you yeah and like yeah, I just want to like try and destigmatize mental health as much as I can because it's something that's very close to my heart because my mom suffers with it. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think like our lot, like our generation talking mm -hmm. about it, just makes it so much easier for the next generation. Yeah, our parents' generation are awful at talking about it. Yeah, because like my mom, I think hers stemmed from having postnatal depression. Mm -hmm. So then, me being the firstborn, I always felt guilty because of it because obviously if it wasn't for me it wouldn't have happened but like I caused that exactly and that was something that was really hard for me to come to terms with but like I've just she won't do it so I'm like it's my life's mission to be like depression is normal it's absolutely fine like it's the smoke to the fire that tells you you need to change something so like be grateful for it mm -hmm. and it's just like reframing it in a way Oh, that's an interesting thing that you just mentioned was gratitude. How do you feel about forcing gratitude? And like, you know, so there's a lot of noise on the internet at the minute about like, you should be grateful for what you have. And we've mm -hmm. been in situations that we were not grateful for. Um, mm -hmm. How do you navigate this? But we were being told that we should be grateful for it because it was an amazing opportunity. And it was like, and I feel like, I don't know if you said this in Ollie's or like, did you say like 10 minutes ago that your nan was really disappointed when you broke off your engagement? Oh yeah, that was an Ollie's podcast, yeah. Because <laughs> like, you should be grateful that he wants to marry you and just stuff like that. Like how, how do you deal with finding things to be grateful for without like, 
going, I am grateful for this amazing opportunity when actually this amazing opportunity is giving you mental health issues. Yeah, like gratitude's a funny one because like everybody's like, oh, you should be grateful for this, that and the other. But it's like Mm -hmm. everything's twofold. Yeah. So like somebody else's perception of something that you should be grateful for might not necessarily be a thing that you are grateful for and that's okay like that relationship that I was in was detrimental to my mental health and my nana was still like you should have been grateful yeah like that's just crazy because I guess it comes it comes down to what I was projecting as well too so like if I was putting up the front that like everything was fine and then ultimately it the inevitable happened and it fell to shit because I wasn't happy like that's kind of on me because I would have projected my happiness irregardless of the fact that I was miserable so god you're so (laughs) (laughs) self-aware yeah so like it's it's a funny one like I tend to try and keep my gratitude like list to things that are like like my house Ollie interestingly said that like he wouldn't have said like he's grateful for his house and he's grateful for his his parents like Mm -hmm. more like he's grateful for his health and all those kind of things so I think as long as you are being authentic yeah like you're grateful for yeah if you wake up in the morning and you're like I actually can't think of anything to be grateful for grand like just try again tomorrow like it's it's not going to have any negative implication yeah you know like I think forcing anything is a bad thing I genuinely thought I was broken when like towards the back end of last year and I was like yeah this is me and I'm never gonna be happy (laughs) Yeah, and it comes down to being, when you're in something, like, you can't see a way out. Because yeah. it's, like, it just clouds everything. And you, again, like, paralysis by analysis, you just think that everything's too hard, so you just do nothing. Yeah, like, if this is life, I don't want it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I've had those thoughts as well, like, previously. Thankfully, mm-hmm. my headspace is, it's, like, being inside my head is a much nicer place than it was before. Oh, definitely. But, like, I would have had, probably within the last two years, just questioning like what am I even doing like what why am I even here like what what is the point and I know that does sound quite morbid but like it's kind of it's normal to like question your existence from time to time because like I've definitely done that a lot yeah like and I think that everybody does but no one will be like I've I've really really struggled to find a reason for my life at times you know and I, I don't think there's any shame in saying that yeah, I think it is kind of the shame that we need to dissipate around these topics. Mm-hmm. Because people do think it's a ashamed of going, I don't know what the point is. And I've definitely told a counsellor, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like, I don't think I want to be here anymore. And they're yeah. like, no, you are. Like, one that I didn't get on with particularly well because he was just too, like, you will be fine. And it was like, "I'm well, I'm not fine now, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's trying to get past that initial block. Yeah. Like, and know that, yeah, you, you are important and you are worthy and you are loved. But when you're in when you're in it, it's hard. And for someone to be like, oh, just be happier. Just cheer up. It's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> Stop. My mum's, like, infamous phrase, have you tried just thinking happier thoughts? <laughs> oh, damn, mum, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> now I'm fixed. Thanks Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and like there has been times like in the past where I've been like it would just be so much easier if I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Or like if you think that like it would be easier for other people if I wasn't around or I've definitely said that before. <laughs> yeah, and like 
I mean, you look at me now and you're like, oh, like she's super positive. She's super happy all the time. But like I have I have thought those things. I have felt those feels. So you've almost like cultivated this lifestyle that you can be happy with. Mm-hmm. and you've given yourself this purpose I think that's something that when you're stuck in the moment you find it really hard to to find yourself a new purpose because you're mm-hmm. like I'm just I'm worthless no one wants me like there's no point yeah um everything uh, again that like what's the word the self-fulfilling prophecy type thing of like nobody wants me and I'm useless and therefore I will always be useless and no one will want me yeah it's yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's like confirmation bias but in a really shit way towards yourself <laughs> <laughs> And the negative self-talk, I do this with clients all the time. I'm like, just stop saying horrible things about yourself. And it's really hard. But this is, I think this is mm-hmm. another thing that kept me going. Like, I'd look in the mirror and be like, you're doing all right. Like, go for a run and you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> You just exactly. have to find those little wins. Yeah, and you have to have those little pep talks with yourself. Like, the amount of times I've caught myself, like, talking to myself over the past few years is nuts. Like, it's crazy. And sometimes I'm like, like, is anybody around? But haven't been caught so far but you do like sometimes you do have to sit down and have a stern talking with yourself and be like come on like you can do this like I even have these reminders on my phone that come up like intermittently throughout the day so like my first one is like you can do this at nine o'clock and then there's other ones I can't even remember now off the top of my head but like it's just those little things to keep you going yeah and like if they make you a happier human then go for it like who gives a shit what anybody thinks I think it's important to recognize as well that sometimes those are sticking plasters and you can't rely on those you can mm-hmm. use them to keep you on a level mm-hmm. while you take some action but you probably do need to take some action yeah. if you are re- relying on those tiny things to keep to keep you afloat exactly you need to root cause but those little things that will keep you going are very necessary <laughs> yeah for sure. and like you said reframing your language is huge like the clients like oh my god they're so sick of me being like stop being like I only managed to do one workout I'm like you did one workout well done like stop putting yourself down all the time a good one that I found was um stop saying I I, I'm just like I'm just doing this Mm -hmm. because it makes it sound like you're like apologizing and you shouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. it's like hi I'm sending you this email because I wrote a friggin awesome book like oh I'm just I just don't want to bother you but like I wrote this book and I'm just wondering if you could just take a quick look at it like get rid of the justs from your sentences when you write because you're you're like minimizing what you've done exactly you're playing it down and you should know your worth like Mm -hmm. it all comes from knowing your worth and knowing your importance and like being self-assured enough to be like I'm a badass and I wrote a book so I want you to pay attention to it please yes it's going to benefit you I was thinking about this today and I was like so my dad works in is in horticulture and he gets reps from Holland who which is where like the big horticultural center of the world is mm-hmm. like ringing him and being like Andrew I want you to buy these things from me and he'll sometimes be like nah and then sometimes he'll be like oh yeah like what have you what have you got that sounds good tell me yeah. more about it but like the confidence with which salespeople will ring people and go like, I've got this amazing thing for you. And I think more people need the confidence of salespeople who don't really know what they're actually selling. <laughs> oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like, imagine if we all had that blinding self-belief. Of the EDF energy guy in Morrison's. Like, <laughs> imagine if we all had that. Unstoppable. <laughs> Oh god. Um so that's probably quite a nice place to sort of bring it to a close. Where can people find you if they want to find more about you? You can find me on Instagram and my handle is Coco underscore Riri, which is very original. Um but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I'm often sharing Charlotte's things and she's often sharing mine, so no doubt you'll see her on my stories or you on mine, so yeah. 
And where can they apply to, to for coaching with you if they want to do that? So if you just inquire through Instagram and then if it, it depends what you're looking to achieve. Um, mm. But yeah, Instagram is probably the best channel for pretty much everything. So we'll keep it simple. I agree. <laughs> it's just, just so much easier, isn't it? Like just yes. Instagram me, it's fine. Just DM me. Yeah. I will send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Right. In that case, I will hit stop recording. And thank you so much for this time. Thank you. It's been Bye. a pleasure. Toodles.